Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Well, it's October out there, and the spooky Halloween season has officially begun. Are you all ready? I hope so. And to kick it off right, tonight we are reviewing The Mutilator from 1984. Oh, and when you're watching this and you see the title card that says Fall Break, you're still watching the correct movie, don't worry. <laughs> Enjoy. Tonight we are reviewing The Mutilator from 1984. So we start out with a mom and she's making a fancy birthday cake. And then in the other room we see this little boy taking a gun out of a gun cabinet, uh, supposedly his father's, uh, to clean for his dad's birthday. So he wants to clean all these guns as a surprise for his dad's birthday. And bam! He shoots his mother in the back. I guess she's the one that got the surprise. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so then the dad comes home, see what's happening, and he slaps the boy. And the boy runs off, and the, the dad snaps while waiting for the cops. Well, after he has a drink with his wife, of course. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So then we cut to years later in a bar with a bunch of bored white college kids. And Ed, the boy who shot his mom, is all grown up. And honestly, it's not all his fault. I mean, his dad did leave a loaded gun in a cabinet that was obviously easily accessible to a child. But again, that was years ago. So today, he gets a call from his father um, at the bar. I guess uh, he knows people in his family like to drink. Anyway, he wants his son to close up his uh, seaside condo for the winter. So the bored college kids get the idea how to spend their fall break, which coincidentally was the original name for this movie. Cut to the kids starting their road trip while a terrible title track song plays. When the leaves of summer turn red and gold and the football games bring a hint of the cold time to get We'll pack the car with escape in mind Forgetting out classes, leaving books behind Time to get away Empty cottage sitting on the shore Tourists all left about a month before And we're gonna have a good time Gonna have a good time Yeah, we're gonna have a good time We're going on now A ball break, walking in and head in the moonlight We'll be the sweet soul So they get to the condo and the door is already open. Bum, bum, bum. And it's also a mess, littered with tons of empty booze bottles and beer cans. And one of the girls wants to call the police. But I think Ed is like, no, he knows his dad probably got drunk and with his friends and did this. So it's not a big deal. But he promises if anything is missing, he'll call the cops, which we find out that in this area, there aren't really any cops that can get there fast. I think it's like an island or something. I don't know. For some reason, you just can't get the police there quick. Then we enter Ed's dad's trophy room full of stuffed taxidermied animals and fish 
and a giant hook on the wall and other weird shit. Hey guys, look at this stuff. Jeez, would you look at all this shit? Rah, rah. Look at this. How's the record? 28 pounds. Mmm, mmm. I'll bet that was good baked with a little lemon. Well, Dad didn't eat it. He's what's called a trophy hunter. Also, they notice that the giant battle axe is missing, but they don't call the police. But it's fine. Uh, so Ed thinks his father just took the axe with him, like, you know, like he does. Cue ominous music, and we see that the father is down in the garage asleep holding the battle axe. Uh, that seems perfectly normal. Uh, but we also see that he's having dreams about killing his son. Mm, I'm sure that's perfectly normal for him, too. <laughs> this movie. Cut to later, and four of the teens are hanging out by the fireplace, and the other two, the horniest two, go down to the garage to, I don't know, find a place to fuck or something? I don't know. So the whole time, the father is listening in and watching them through slats in the door, but they get interrupted before the father can make his move. So the father goes for a walk on the beach as we get a glimpse of his weapons store. I get the feeling that the father is planning something. <laughs> I don't know. Just a hunch. <laughs> After dinner, in the dark, the two horny teens are like, let's go for a walk on the beach, even though it seems cold as shit, but you know, fucking out in public in the cold is better than a bed in a condo. So, um, yeah. Anyway, the rest of the group stays in and plays Monopoly for a while. Then they head out uh, in the fucking cold to find the horny ones because they've been gone too long. I don't know. I guess they know that that guy comes quick and they're like, he's been gone too long. He doesn't take this long. <laughs> Cut to the horny ones finding a pool covered in like a big tent out, I don't know, next to the beach. I don't know. I don't know. I don't go seaside things. I don't know what they have there. It's fine. And then some weird talk. What's wrong with the water? It looks like it's been loaded down with chlorine. Will that hurt you? No, in fact, it probably prevents herpes. Oh, I didn't know I had to be concerned about that. You in the pool. Time for some skinny dipping in this cloudy water. Fun fact, they poured milk in the pool to make it cloudy. I guess so you couldn't see the guy's dick through the water, which is too bad. But maybe the water was really cold and he insisted on the milk? <laughs> so we get our second kill. You know, if we're counting the mother as the first kill. The father drowns the horny girl, carries her out of the pool, steals all the clothes, all without the guy seeing anything. Um, yeah, okay, sure. But it seems the killer leaves a trail of clothes for the guy to follow, thinking that it's the girl playing games with him. And where does the killer lead him? Well, to the garage, of course. Then we get that awesome motorboat kill. No, 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 not that kind of motorboat. But the motorboat propeller blades cutting into his chest. It's a really great kill. It is. Then we cut to the cop, quote unquote, more like a security guard, coming up behind the four kids on the beach while they are looking for the horny kids. What are you kids doing out here at night on the beach anyway? We're staying at my father's condo up that way. Yeah, he was closing his condo for the winter when he became ill. And we all came down to help finish up. I saw some men around there yesterday. I didn't see anyone there today. Well, somebody was there today. When we came, the door was open and one of his father's things was missing. Is that right? Yeah, but I'm sure my father just took it home with him. Look, I'm going to give him a call in the morning, and if it's not right, I'll report it. All right, I've noted it. And I'm not going to make it official until you call it in. Okay. In the meantime, 
is be careful out here on the beach tonight. It's not dangerous, is it? Yeah, there's no murders or rapers around, are there? I mean, they've been having some heavy action lately. <laughs> are you kidding? It's like a graveyard around here. After the cop leaves the kids, he heads back to the beach house, cue ominous music, and he gets a machete to the face and then his head cut off. <laughs> These special effects are actually really good so far. So the four teens come back to the beach house and decide to play Blind Man's Bluff. Blind Man's Bluff? I don't believe it. We're going to grope around in the dark? Would you rather grope in the light? Get serious. First, everybody gets a beer. That's the important part. Then we turn off all the lights. Whoever is it stays in the house, and the rest of us go outside and drink a beer. Then the person playing it hides himself, and we all come back in and try to find him. When we do, we stand or sit or lie down next to him. Finally, there'll just be one person wandering around the house trying to find everybody else. Sounds like great fun. You'll see. You'll see. So while they're stumbling around in the quote-unquote dark, the killer is coming into the house just to unlock the kitchen door. Even though the patio door is open and it's his house, he should have a key. I don't know, plot hole, but whatever. Now it's time for bed, but the virgin won't sleep with the main character, Ed, even though he is really cute and I totally would. So at the insistence of his girlfriend, the other guy goes to look for the two hornballs again before locking up for the night. But instead of finding them, he finds a pitchfork to the neck. Well, that's three down and three to go. <laughs> then the girl in her nightgown and bare feet, these people are not thinking, goes out into the cold to find Ralph, the guy who just got the pitchfork in the neck. While the killer comes into the house and into the trophy room and grabs the big hook from earlier, remember? So the final three decide to leave, but first they decide to take one last look for Ralph, and the killer grabs Nightgown Girl and hooks her through the vagina, then axes her head off. Oh my god, that scene was a lot. And now we're down to two, Ed and the Virgin, and they find all the bodies and see the killer coming towards the garage. So they fight back, but they do a severely shit job of it, till the girl stabs the killer with a fishing knife. So that's it, right? Sure, they get to the car, wounded and bleeding. The girl puts the main guy in the car, and she starts the car, but nothing is happening. Then we see through the windshield that the killer is still alive, but they don't see him. Now he's on top of the car, stabbing his axe through the top, so the girl burns his hand with a cigarette lighter. Remember when cars had cigarette lighters? And ashtrays? Oh my god, I'm old. <laughs> so now the car starts, right? Just as the police drive up, and she guns it backwards, and the killer's on the back, and she crushes him into the wall and cuts him in half. And then the cops come over, and before he dies, he sits up. There's no way he could have, but he sits up and lops the leg off of the cop with his battle axe. <laughs> it is a great shot. And again, another great effect. A lot of these great effects. So then, you think it'd be over, but no, we cut to the hospital, and our main guy is visiting the girl. And then that's it. And they play a bunch of bloopers and outtakes with that terrible fall break song again. It feels like someone was like, we need a happy ending. So they just tacked it on. I don't think it needed it at all. It, it didn't need it, especially didn't need any more of that damn music. Whew. Well, that was The Mutilator from 1984. 
I mean, I loved this movie for different reasons. Mostly the kills and the weapons used. I mean, there was a gun, a battle axe, a motorboat propeller, a giant hook, a machete, a pitchfork thing, a fish knife, a car, someone was drowned, there were heads cut off, legs cut off, people crushed in half, and the effects and gore were actually really good. The place where it fell short was definitely the acting. I mean, most of the actors uh, in this were only in this movie, thankfully. Uh, also, that Fall Break song was just, ugh. And they said they changed the name for the video release marketing reasons, but they left the title card and the song, so whatever. It's still a really good 80s slasher, though I don't think it's as popular as it should be. So I give The Mutilator 7.5 out of 10 ruined birthday cakes. <laughs> Well, that was The Mutilator from 1984. Whew, what a crazy good movie full of so many different weapons. <laughs> Who knew there were so many ways to kill somebody in the same movie? <laughs> you can find all my information, socials, and whatnot over at evilqueensf.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell people on the street. And as always, keep watching scary movies. Did you? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you do see them, don't look. <laughs>